Hi guys, this is Gabrielle Mandel of Super Endura and welcome to Creative Conversations. I started my brand four years ago and in that time I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with so many other creative entrepreneurs. I created this podcast to give them the space to tell their story and both celebrate the successes but also talk about the difficulties. These conversations have inspired me deeply and I hope they will also motivate you and invigorate you on your own creative path. Hi guys, welcome back. We have another great episode tonight. I'm so stoked to sit down with Veronica Jamison and talk about her illustrations. Veronica has done so much and worked for some amazing clients using her artwork, but what's really exciting is that this year she has her first illustrated kids book coming out. It was a really important project to her, and that's all I'm going to say about it for now because hearing the story is truly magical. We also talked candidly about making a living off of your art. I was really inspired to hear how Veronica continues to challenge herself with new styles and honing her voice as an artist. Without further ado, here is the episode. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so hi, I'm here with Veronica. And actually, Veronica, I've, this is a little bit embarrassing. I never know how to pronounce your last name. Oh my name. goodness, it's fine. I have too many names, first of all. <laughs> um, the name I've been going by is Veronica Marche, which is my middle name. Mm. Yeah, but um, the name I'm going by now, I feel like Prince or something, right? Mm-hmm. I keep changing my name. But the name I'm going by officially now is Veronica Miller Jameson. Oh. Miller is my maiden name. Jameson is my married name. I couldn't let go of any of the names. Yeah. So I had to just pick which ones I was going to go with. I actually really like that. Veronica yeah. Miller Jameson. Yeah. Like, I really feel like that's like... Yeah, and it makes people less confused because no one knows what Marche is. Mm. And so everyone thinks it's like a last name and they think I'm like French. Or, yeah, yeah, I actually thought it was a very French Sunday name. I was like, yeah. ooh, Veronica Marche. It's, it's a family middle name. Oh, cool. It's not a French name. Mm-hmm. It's the French word for market. So yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny. I just went to Paris and naturally I butchered like every word. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember that. The, yeah. The Marche. So yeah, I love my middle name, but now I'm Veronica Miller Jameson professionally. I really like that. Yeah. I feel like that has like a nice punch to yeah. it. Yeah. I like... feel like I'm, you know, official and about something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no, I like that a lot. <laughs> um, So I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Um, And as with custom, I like to just hear where people started out, like where you grew up. Yeah. What you wanted to do when you grew up. Yeah. Gosh, how long do we have? Um, <laughs> so I grew up in Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. Yeah, I grew. I was born in Boston, but we grew up in Pittsburgh. And I was that kid who was, I was very much shy and mm-hmm. kind of awkward and very much a bookworm, but I love drawing all the time. Mm. I drew all the time. And I was the complete nerd about it. So like art class was my favorite class. Mm. And every Christmas, a present, the presents that I got had something to do with art or drawing. That's so cool. So like the little Crayola fashion plates or crayons or markers or sketchbooks. Um, I had all of these like videos and books. I had Stan Lee's How to Draw the Marvel Way. Like. That was my childhood. I kind of wish I did that as a kid. I mean, because I was was a obsessive doodler, Mm. but I also don't think I, like, really grew my art skills. Like, I had a set of things I could doodle, and then I never, like, progressed past that. I was a total nerd about it. Like, Ah. I would go to school, come home after school, and put in a VHS tape of, like, how to cartoon. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. 
Oh, that sounds so great. Yeah. I it, it, I, I felt like a weirdo when I was a kid, but like now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was actually a good use of yeah. my time. <laughs> totally. That was such a good yeah. use of your time. Yeah. Um. And so did you think that you wanted to go into art when you were young? You know what? It's funny because even though I was consuming all of that material and consuming all of the cartoons and mm-hmm. sometimes comic books, not that often, it never occurred to me that was a job. Mm, right so it was all this always this thing that I liked to do Uh but I'd never met anyone who was doing it professionally right um and it never occurred to me that she could make money off of it I know and that's like in my mind after working in like a design field for so long it's crazy because I just want to tell parents like your kids can make money doing this absolutely a totally viable profession and there's so many different jobs so I mean I hear that a lot but it's so funny because I think like Yes, you can do this yeah. and you can make a living. Yeah, and it's like you get that. And I didn't have this moment until I was an adult where you look around and you realize, oh, every piece of clothing, every piece of packaging, every piece of every totally. object, somebody made that. Like it didn't just yeah. fall out of the sky fully formed. Totally. So. Or even like you're on the highway and you see a billboard and it's like yeah. someone designed that billboard. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. So, um, okay. So you were interested in art, but you weren't thinking of it career wise. Yeah. So I became interested in fashion as well and started doing these fashion drawings when I was like younger and in high school. Um, And sometimes girls would pay me to draw their prom dresses, Um, which when I think about it was weird because they weren't paying me to design them. They were just paying (laughs) me to draw their ideas, but they were paying me. So it was like, that's fine. Yeah. That's Um, really cool. Yeah. And and you're like entrepreneuring at like a very young age. Um, Oh, and before that, even before that, like, Mm -hmm. so this entrepreneurial thing has been kind of just running Mm -hmm. for a long time. So even before that, when I was 10, I uh, did these little yarn dolls in different colors. Mm -hmm. Like I had taught myself how to make little yarn Mm -hmm. dolls. And my dad, who is always an ideas guy, he was like, we're going to sell those. Yeah. Right? That's kind of great, yeah. though. Because as a kid, like, I had all these ideas. Like, my one brilliant idea that I had when I was young is I would do these, like, graffiti words. And I yeah. would, like, sit outside and someone would come by and pay me to, like, yeah. graffiti a word. I never actually did that. And in my head, I don't think there was much of a need for it right? <laughs> in the market. But right. I was like, this is so cool. Or I'll like draw on somebody's shoes but yeah. I didn't have an adult telling me like that's a good idea no my dad definitely planted that seed and I don't even know if he because uh, he wasn't an, he wasn't an entrepreneur at the time he you know he and my mom had like you know regular jobs but he would see something I could do and would say you should sell that you should make money mm. off of that so with these little yarn dolls and they were just these silly little you know mm-hmm. little dolls and he had no clothes on like, you know <laughs> But he would say, okay, I'm going to take these to work and I'm going to sell them for you. Oh my and then God. he would come back home um, with orders saying, oh you know, uh, Debbie wants a pink one and oh. Tanya wants a green one. And I did that for a little while. That's really cool. Yeah. But then it became my first um, lesson as a 10 year old on return on investment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were selling them for $10 a pop, uh-huh. but each doll took me like two or three hours to make. Oh. And even at 10 years old, I was like, You're like, no, yeah, nah. no, that's <laughs> not, not working out. Yeah, but yeah. you know, that, that, um, nugget has been there ever since then. So, high school, I'm getting really into fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I decide I want to study fashion when I start applying to colleges. 
Um, but my parents, again, they don't really know what that means. Like mm-hmm. we lived in Pittsburgh. There's no, yeah. you know, fashion presence in Pittsburgh really. Mm-hmm. Um, so my family didn't really know what that meant. And my parents still kind of pulled the strings at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't really know what this fashion thing is. So we think you should major in something else. Mm. They gave me the option of either business mm-hmm. or communications, which is what my dad does. Mm-hmm. He's a broadcaster. And the school I had, I was going to Howard University, um, had a rule that all the business students need to wear suits all the time. Ah. So I said, I'm going into communication. Wait, that's great. <laughs> that that was the main reason. 17-year-old logic, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, but communications was amazing too because I understood that world because I grew mm. up with my dad in it. So it wasn't completely like out of left field. So when I went to college, um, I still kind of dabbled in like Mm -hmm. sketching and drawing a little bit, but that kind of fell off by the wayside with my studies and other Mm -hmm. things that I got interested in. And I got out of college and started working right in journalism. Cool. And did you, um, yeah, what was that like? That was, I mean, that was cool because my first job out of college was NPR. Wow. Which is kind of like- Dream kind of job. A, 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 <laughs> as big as a deal you, as you can get as like, you know, a fresh yeah. college graduate, right? Totally. And I had the, I was fortunate enough to um, be in uh, Washington, D.C., where they're headquartered. Mm-hmm. I, was a, I was fortunate enough to have an internship my last semester in school. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of like, you know, yeah. just slid into working there with them as a freelance producer. Um and it was cool. And I always look really fondly at my years at NPR because there's really cool, really smart people there. Yeah. You know, like, no, you, totally. you know how you learn when you listen to the programs on the radio? Uh, I, like, imagine being in the newsroom. Oh, my God. I, I, listened, <laughs> I listened to NPR 24-7. Yeah. And I don't know what I did before. Like, yeah. I just, you learn so much. And there's yeah. such, like, nuanced stories. Yeah. And, like, I just learn about such these cool issues that, no big news sources yeah. gonna cover like eat like the small like local stuff yeah it's kind of really great so being inside the building with, with for that was kind of amazing because you know when a story goes to air it's on air for four minutes mm. there are hours of discussion that went into that four minutes right right, right so totally. me as a producer i'm learning all of that stuff yeah you know and like some of my favorite days working there was when I could just sit in an editorial meeting and listen to different people talk about what they were ask experts about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that was like, that was really like profound and like, um, ex- it's expanded my worldview. Right. Talking to right. all these different people. Yeah. You're just getting like the best of the best talking yeah. about something. Yeah. And it's kind of, a, it's a crazy way to start a career. Like, yeah, you know, most other people I graduated with, the rule in broadcasting is you start small and you mm-hmm. you move up, which, you know, is mm-hmm. common sense. But um, I had that opportunity to kind of go to the mothership. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, immediately, which was crazy. And know? I guess it must be a very fast paced environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think also like when you work in those situations, it makes you like think quicker and you can like discern things better. Yeah. You have to move fast. So the thing that, um, I learned how to do and which became a detriment later on when Mm. I moved into another career was how to produce things very fast, very quickly and very, um, accurately. Right. You don't have time to make mistakes. Totally. Right. We have to get the facts right. So especially when I worked on the daily shows, Ah. you know, you're churning out an hour, two hours of content every day Mm -hmm. you have to keep it moving. Like there's no time to like stop and consider. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, well you do consider, but you don't, 
you kind of just have to like go with your best instinct and make sure the information is right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not really an iterative process, iterative process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got really good at that, really good at, Mm -hmm. um, editing audio fast, really good at writing fast. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I was good at it, there was still like something missing. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you're in a job. It's a good job. Mm -hmm. You're good at it. Mm -hmm. But you're still like yearning for something else. Yeah, I'm still feeling like, uh, like you know, just mm-hmm. something that's tugging at me. And so, I did. I worked at NPR for about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a freelance producer, there you work across a bunch of different shows, which was really cool. And a couple things started happening. Um, I started. This was kind of like the advent of um, creatives blogging mm, you know yeah, illustrators yeah, yeah. and artists and mm-hmm. all of that blogging so i started following them and i found myself getting really jealous yeah like totally you know like crazy jealous and because i was reading about these artists who were doing really cool things i'm like oh yeah know, no totally i want to do that and then luckily um I read something that helped me channel that because I read something that told me, well, if you're jealous of something, that means you're missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So no, instead of totally. being angry about it, just, yeah. okay, there's something in my life I'm missing. The other thing that happens that a, a good friend of mine, he came onto the show I was working on to be an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had some experience and I was in, in, you know, part of helping to train him or whatever. And he was just so on fire for the job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally know the situation where you meet someone and they're like, yeah, yeah. we're doing it. I'm like, I'm a little bit tired. Yeah. <laughs> and he was excellent at what he did. He's still excellent at what he does. He's mm-hmm. still working in, mm-hmm. in journalism. So I was watching him just kind of like take the bull by the horns, mm-hmm. you know, in our newsroom. And I was kind of like, I need to make space for him. Mm-hmm. I need to make yeah. space for people like that because yeah. people would, you know, die to be in the position I am. And mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, I want something else. Yeah. You know? And that's great that you can recognize that because yeah. I think a lot of us recognize it and don't know how to act on it. Or we, I mean, I think sometimes it takes time. You sort of realize you're passionate yeah. and then there's the steps to getting from point A to point B. But sometimes I feel like, we all stay in jobs for like longer than we have to. Yeah. And sometimes trying to validate like what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know, cause the, the, I did do a fair amount of vacillating back and forth. Like, yeah, you know, am totally. I, am I, you know, am I really giving this all of my effort? Am yeah. I just looking for something that, you know, am I just trying to jump ship? So, um, but no, so I, uh, so I was there for a while and I remember it was like the spring of, I think 2009 or whatever. And I was having a pretty tough time at work. It was like, not performing it to my usual level mm-hmm. and having meetings with my supervisors and it's kind of like you know what's going on I have no idea what's going on yeah like, I'm yeah dropping the ball here and I ended up going back home to Pittsburgh for a, a, a long weekend and visits back home kind of turned in these into these like little retreats for me mm-hmm. um because my parents live in a very quiet neighborhood mm-hmm. there's no one around all of my friends are elsewhere so mm-hmm. I just get to sit and think and I found, because my mom keeps everything. Yes, uh, as mothers do, my mom is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I found this project from when I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. And it was a little picture of me in the corner. And the assignment was to draw the state of Pennsylvania, because we you know, lived in PA. Mm-hmm. Our picture was in the corner. And to just kind of write about our life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever eight-year-olds write about. Mm-hmm. 
And what I had written was about how much I loved art and how much I wanted to be an artist. Oh my God. Right? That's so great when you find this part of yourself from way back then and you're like, I was thinking that then. Yeah. And it like helps validate like what you're thinking now. Yeah. And I kept just looking at this little picture of me. I'm like, yo, she would be so mad at me right now. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So I found that and I said, okay, I think I know. And I had already kind of started you know, I, mm-hmm. I I had the jealousy. I was mm-hmm. reading these blogs. I was seeing what other people were doing. So I started thinking about, okay, what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I need? So at some point over that weekend, I was like, I need to go back to school to study what I originally wanted to study, mm-hmm. which was fashion design. Mm-hmm. And that was the decision I made that weekend in 2009. 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me two years to actually do it. Totally, because yeah. like that's the thing is, it's so exciting when you get to that point when you know what you want to do. Yeah. But then there's all the work you have to put in <laughs> yes. to like actually get yeah. there. Yeah, it was, and first it was like, oh girl, are you crazy? Like, Yeah, no, you totally. Sure? You're just in that period where you're like, whoa, yeah. oh my God, I'm doing this. Am I going like, to do this yeah, for real, totally. you know? And then there's the periods where you go back to work and you're actually doing well at work and you're like, yeah. oh my God, totally. And mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute, should I just should do I, this? Yeah. But then you're like, no, shut up. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a whole bunch of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, then was that I got assigned to a show at, at NPR called Tell Me More. Mm-hmm. It is sadly not on the air anymore, but mm. it was an amazing show to work on. And it was one of the few shows in the air that were that was run um mostly by women and employing a very diverse staff. It had like the most diverse staff in the, in the building. And so, um, they were really good at using the knowledge and interest of their staff members on this show. Mm -hmm. A lot of other, a lot of other shows relied on the expertise of the people who were more senior, which is fine. But this show was really like, well, what are, what are all of you talking about? Mm. What's interesting to you? That's really cool. So with that show, I got to start doing stories about fashion, about art, about design. Oh, I got to start talking to people who were doing this that stuff. That is so yeah. cool. You know? And I, that's like just probably just motivating you even more. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I, 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 it was amazing because I got to use producing for that show as my own sort of personal research yeah you know and oh my god as a producer you have to pre-interview all your guests yeah you imagine yeah totally so like i pre-interviewed like liz lang of liz lang maternity because we did a segment with her uh-huh. and i interviewed this guy out of i believe it was detroit when they um they were trying to revitalize Detroit's fashion scene. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to all these creatives, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to produce content for this show and just absorbing mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I had a I had a supervisor and a host that like encouraged it. That's like they so loved cool. it. That's great. You know, they said, Oh, Veronica, we're doing this here. This is Veronica's story. Yeah. We're gonna produce this. Um, and also the staff love fashion. Mm-hmm. So that helps too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's that's really exciting. Yeah. So Finally, I applied to a bunch of design schools, mm-hmm. um, did the research, saw what kind of schools offer, what kind mm-hmm. of programs. Out of curiosity, what schools did you apply oh, to? Oh, yeah. I applied to Drexel's uh, master's degree program in fashion. I applied to Parsons' associate's degree in fashion, mm-hmm. which was actually my first choice. Mm-hmm. I applied to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... Those are the only three I sent applications to. Mm-hmm. Researched a few others, but those are the only three I applied to. Um, 
got into, I think I got into all of them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Parsons, great. Mm -hmm. That money was not. Oh, so expensive. <laughs> and, then, so expensive. and then on top of that, you're living in New York, yes. which is so expensive. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So at this time I was living in DC and I said, okay, I have to make a, a decision about where I'm going to go next. Um, and I, I honestly, I wanted to stay in DC, but there were no yeah. fashion programs there. So that was, you know, that was kind of sad. But the reasoning was, okay, I know I'm going to have to move someplace new. Mm -hmm. Let me move someplace where moving there wouldn't be so much of a stressor. Yeah. Right. Totally, yeah. So New York, New York is New York. Yeah. Right. New York is always a hustle. LA is clear across the other side of the country. Yeah. Far away from anybody I know. Yeah. Any of my totally. family. So um, Philadelphia fit. Philadelphia it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I, I had come here and I visited Drexel and I met with the um, graduate advisor here and saw Drexel's annual fashion show, mm -hmm. I think in 2010. And I was like, I think this is it. Yeah, this could totally. be it. Yeah. So that's how I ended up here. Cool. <laughs> it's so funny to see how people end up in Philadelphia. I'm, I actually grew up outside of Philadelphia and uh -huh. went away for a number of years, but I'm happy to be back. And it's it's cool how people like end up moving. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. I and I adore this city. And I, you know, I lived in D.C. for a very long time. And I just love Philadelphia. Yeah. I prefer it more to DC. It's a, it's a cool city. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really like it. Yeah. Um, so, so what was the grad program like? The grad program was exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, cause what I had been considering also was like, well, I could teach myself these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I know I work best in like an, uh, an educational environment where I'm like learning from somebody who's an expert. Totally. And like, I, I feel like I love learning and I do teach myself a lot of stuff, but the like luxury of being in a classroom yes. mm -hmm. and having like the time to develop yeah. things and being around your peers who are just as excited as you are yeah. as about the thing you're doing is that's like a really like just such a great thing. Yeah. Um, but Drexel's faculty is amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are all these people who, who've worked in New York or worked in, you know, different places. They've owned their own businesses. They, mm -hmm. they have all these variety of experiences. Um, and the program, what I respect about it is that they start from, this is a needle, this mm, is thread. Wow. Right? Just really just like, we're going to teach you from the ground from up. From the absolute beginning. Wow. And I already had a few like home sewing skills mm -hmm, or whatever, mm -hmm. and I already knew how to draw. But even having to take a basic construction class and introductory um, illustration class like mm -hmm. I just loved having that foundation yeah right to yeah. refresh myself and then to learn some things I may have missed mm -hmm. you know growing mm -hmm. up or whatever um so he has an awesome program mm -hmm. awesome awesome program I always always recommend it to um people who you know have the means to mm -hmm. do a full-blown graduate or undergraduate program for mm -hmm. fashion because it is an expensive program yeah yeah <laughs> and it's a very like prestigious program yeah so i think that that they really do have a, a great program there yeah. yeah 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 so so yeah so um when i started drexel i said okay i'm going to be a plus-size fashion designer mm -hmm. this is when people were first starting to pay attention to plus-size fashion mm -hmm. And by the time I finished actual, I was like, I don't want to sew another thing ever again in my life. Right. Which is great too. Because like you learn, like you don't have to waste any more time doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did a plus size collection for my thesis collection. And um, 
so this is where having had that background in daily hard news Mm -hmm. bit me in the butt Mm -hmm. right so now we know or you know we both know as creatives like you kind of have to try something see what the mistakes are try it again Mm -hmm. turn it to the left try it that way like there's a creative process right Mm -hmm. i did not understand that Mm, all three years i was in school so every assignment that i got every project that i got i stressed myself out by thinking i had to have it right as soon as I uh, did it. I see. You know, I had to have yeah. it right on the first go. Uh-huh. Again, luckily for me, I know how to do things very quickly. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> very fast. Um, and to a particular quality. So I got I, I got good feedback on my mm-hmm. work. But it wasn't until I was, you know, in the final stages of my senior collection where I kind of really understood what the creative process was, Mm -hmm. you know, because, and I tell, you know, we both um, teach at Made Institute. I I tell our students there, like, especially if you come from a corporate background, Mm -hmm. there's no room to mess up things. Mm -hmm. And that's like the biggest fear is to mess up because there are consequences and you can't fix it. And the creative process is the complete opposite of that. Totally. Yeah. And even, you know, when I work at, the, I work at I've worked at like a lot of really big companies and it's funny because I'll design something and I think it's great but then my bosses have to think it's great yeah and then their bosses have to think yeah. it's great and naturally everyone has their own two cents of yeah. how to make it better and it's kind of tough because I think sometimes you get attached to the initial thing you designed mm-hmm. and you realize it's going to change so much it's change like it. yeah the buyers are going to change it production's going to yeah. change it so it's yeah it's hard it's a good thing to start to understand yeah that you it's like you design something but it's going to go through like different iterations yeah exactly it's going to evolve and it's going to change and i did not get that until i was looking at the final muslims for <laughs> yeah. my collection. and then you're like oh okay <laughs> you can change this. yeah so um so yeah, so even though I went through that whole program and changed my life and went to fashion school, I was like, no, I don't, don't yeah. want to sew. Because you like rediscovered your love of illustration. Yeah, so that was cool because I would, I, I had the best time in our illustration classes mm-hmm. or in the classes where, you know, for portfolio, mm-hmm. wherever we yeah, had to create Yeah, portfolios, so much fun. And so while I was in grad school, I started doing art on the side. I started doing all this personal work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one time I was visiting with my best friend and it was around, I don't even think it was around the holidays, but we were randomly in Target looking at the um, greeting card section. Mm-hmm. And we were like, because both of us are black, and mm-hmm. we were like, let's see if there's any cars that look like us. Mm-hmm. And all the cars that look like us were like ladies in like church hats and choir robes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, we're kind of heathenous. Like, <laughs> you're like, that's not me. That's not exactly us. <laughs> you know, and my best friend was like, you know, we're the girls who like go out. We're the girls mm-hmm. who are drinking wine. We're the girls who are like clubbing and wearing mm-hmm. little dresses and stuff. And I said, you know what? I can, I can draw that. Yeah. You know, so. I started drawing and producing these cars that had like, you know, fashionable, um, sexy, wine-loving black ladies on them mm-hmm. and started selling them. And a crazy thing happened. I was in the middle of a class at Drexel and I got an email from TJ Maxx. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, which is crazy. I should have been paying attention to class. <laughs> but you're just like, wait But I like gasped in the middle of class. <laughs> my professor is looking at me like, what is going on and why aren't you paying attention? Uh-huh. So I got this email from TJ Maxx. They had seen the cards and they wanted to license them. 
to put in stores for Christmas. That is so amazing. Yeah. So this is like my first big deal. Yeah. Big and that's break. just and it's crazy because you how did they find them? Like on um... So I was selling them on this site called Redbubble, uh-huh. which is one of these artist sites where you just upload the work uh-huh. and the company produces oh, the product cool. for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know. I never asked the question. I probably should have. I don't know how they found it on Redbubble. Uh-huh. I don't know if they just Googled like African-American Christmas cards. I don't uh-huh. know what they did, but they found me and they reached out. That's so, yeah. that's so amazing and exciting. It's also cool because it's like probably a very, is that the first thing you put on Redbubble or like was it an early um, thing? No, no, no. There were earlier things. Mm-hmm. So I had been playing around with Redbubble since I started school. Mm-hmm. Um but the Christmas cards was the thing that were the things to get everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So so talk us through that. What was that like? Well, first I streamed in class. Yes. Right? <laughs> Naturally. Um, and I um, basically just worked out this licensing manufacturing deal with people at and people who worked with TJ Maxx, Home Goods and Marshalls. Um, and that was kind of like throwing me into the deep end of like, yeah, like I was when you saw, yeah, yeah, like you had to learn about that and figure out. Yeah. And I'm, I, I've become really good at, you know, um, okay. I haven't done this before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let me make sure I'm clear on how this works. Right. Tell me what I need to know. Like whenever like a new thing happens with me, I'm, I'm usually really honest with the person on the other end saying, this is new for me. I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. This is new for me. I want to make sure I do a good job. Totally. So just, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So I had that conversation with them and it was pretty straightforward. They mm-hmm. asked me to do, um, four designs and they put them on cards and gift bags, mm-hmm. you know, and they licensed them and, you know, um, they ended up in different stores across the country. Um, and w- it was really fun because like my relatives and my friends would find them. Oh my God, that is the best. And they would take pictures and they would also move all of my stuff to the front of the <gasps> yes. shelf. Yes, you, you have to do that. <laughs> I've known multiple friends yeah. who will go into a store and yeah. move their merchandise like, to the front. Friends are the best. Yes, yeah. you're like, yes, they need to be here in the front. Yeah, so that was super fun and exciting to kind of have like a national big deal project like that and then we did it for then i had some um kind of like um everyday Mm -hmm. um stationery in there just kind of like you know birthday or spring or whatever and then we did one more holiday season with them cool so that was that was fun so getting that did that make you think like Okay, like oh, yeah. I can be an illustrator. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I for half a minute I was gonna quit Drexel and my advisor <laughs> my advisor is psychic and she said, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Well, you're staying in this program. Yeah. Which is good. That's probably good that you completed the program. Yeah. Um, but that's so exciting and just to get that like proof of concept that absolutely. this like giant corporation is like we want what you're doing. Yeah, and then not even just the corporation, but even the customers saying, oh my God, I really want this. Yeah, you know, no, totally. I really need this. You know, and like women sending it to all of their sisters or all yeah. of their best friends or all of their sorority sisters, like, you know, really responding to the work. Because again, it's like women who unfortunately aren't represented mm-hmm. in like, you know, art and illustration and mm-hmm. commercial design. Yeah. You know, which is 
crazy to me. It's it's insane. But if you if you guys want me to make all the money doing that, absolutely. That's <laughs> but it's like, come on, you yeah, know? totally. So it was really heartwarming to see people like react to it, and you know, my mom is going around bragging about me. Just, it was fun. It was yeah. a really fun period. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's like so exciting. Yeah. So um, so what happens next? Um, after the carts, yeah, or just at um, that point, you're you graduated your program. Yeah. So I did the silly thing and thinking I'm a big superstar now. I can mm-hmm. go into business for myself. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. I had one big client, so I spent six months just struggling and trying to get people to hire me, and mm-hmm. not which was interesting because I spent all this time doing fashion. Mm-hmm. Learned I loved illustration. I had no idea how the illustration world worked, mm. right? I just had this one big client, yeah, but I didn't know what the norms or anything like that right, was. Right, right, totally. So for my first six months, it was just these just struggle and these tiny commissions and, you know, crying in the middle of the house, just yeah. being so frustrated. Um, and um, I was finally like, okay, let me put this fashion degree to use. Yeah. So I got a job um, in design mm-hmm. at Destination Maternity, okay, which cool. was in Philly mm-hmm, at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because they were hiring for a plus size designer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool, I got this. You're like, yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so I worked for them for a year. And the first part of that was fun because I got to not worry about the illustration stuff so much. Mm-hmm. Learned this new job, had a bunch of fun designing with them and learning how to be part of a company again. Mm-hmm. And um, what it also did was take the stress off of me making money off of my art. Yeah. Right. And I think that's like so it's really interesting because I've never just done my brand. I've always yeah. freelanced. I've mm-hmm. always taught. And lots of times I wish I could just do it. But it really teaches you to be more nimble and it yeah. does take the stress off. So when you are doing the thing that's your passion project, it's like just your passion. Yeah. You, you obviously do. You want to run a business. So you want it to be successful as a business. Yeah. But you know that you have these other sources of income. So it kind of frees you up in this yeah. way. Yeah. And you're not painting with you know, the thought that, oh God, this has to make money. Yeah, no, totally. Right? Like I did this Christmas card one year and I was like, I'm certain everyone's going to love it. Mm-hmm. So this Christmas, it was a Christmas tree made of shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Different kinds of shoes. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> they want the people I drew. Right. They didn't want the right. shoes, right? Totally. But I was convinced Yeah. people were going to buy these, oh, these my cards. God. I've had so many yeah. designs like that where I'm like, this is the best idea ever. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> So having that job like gave me the space to just kind of like make things and see mm-hmm. what people responded to at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half of, of the <laughs> the year I spent at Destination Maternity was starting to get more work with bigger brands again, mm-hmm. you know, which cool. was cool. So I had gotten some work with, um, I got some work with um, Shane Moisture. I'd gotten mm. a job with Hallmark. I got a job with some um, some PR fashion companies in New York. Um, and it's my confidence started building again. Yeah. And the Hallmark job, I, I had told myself, cause at that moment I was making like extra, like a fair mm-hmm. amount of income from mm-hmm. that. Um, and so when the Hallmark jo- job came around, I was like, okay, if I get this job, this means I can sustain myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can leave. And like the job at Destination Maternity, like there were like some internal issues with the company going on. So it became mm-hmm. like really hard for a lot of people to stay there, mm-hmm. um, including me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I got the job with Hallmark, I was like, cool, I'm out. Yeah, right? totally. I'm out. Um, and so I quit Destination Maternity in December of 2019. 
2015, mm-hmm. right? And then started doing my illustration full time after that. Cool. Yeah. That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. And I love this stuff. I've seen your Hallmark cards and I love the She Moisture yeah. illustrations you've done. Yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah. Um, so you also teach too, which mm-hmm. I'm also a teacher and being a teacher rocks. Yeah. Um, um, and you both, uh, you teach at Drexel mm-hmm. and then you also teach at MAID. Um, and I teach at MAID as well. And I think what I kind of like about MAID is it's a very different student population um, than you would find at a normal college. I think yeah. just because you know, it's just much more of a competitive pricing. So I think it opens it up to more people who are considering those things. Um, But I really like it because I think we get to teach so many different students. Lots of times I have students who are like older than me, (laughs) different backgrounds. I'll have like a class where I have, you know, someone just out of high school and then someone who's just taking this class because it would get them ahead at their like corporate job. So it's a really just, it's a really interesting mix of people and you know, I think it's like a really great, uh, great place to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I, that's one of the reasons I love working at MAID because so many of the students are just like me in which they're exploring fashion, but they're already involved with another career. Yeah. Right. So I really connect with them on that. And I like kind of instinctively know their fears Yeah, when they oh, come totally. into the classroom. Yeah. Um, so it's been really rewarding to be able to um, connect with them and work with them and encourage them. And my biggest thing that I, I always end up saying in class is like, this is a safe space to make mistakes. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I think students like, it's funny because made is very accelerated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything is crunched down into a smaller amount of time. But, yeah. You know, students have to understand when they're in college, that's when they, they develop their voice of yeah. who they are. So, yeah. of course, you want to try something that's totally crazy because you want to, like, push your boundaries yeah. and, like, figure out all these things. So I think it's, yeah, I try to instill that too. Like, just just try it. And I think it's funny because a lot of times a student thinks the one thing that they do defines them. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. you're going to like evolve and yeah. keep growing. Yeah. And then what's also interesting is when you try tell them to try stuff that they, you know, think is crazy or they mm-hmm. never thought of. And then the next week they come came back with, I tried it and then I went here. Yeah. Right. And they went above and beyond, uh-huh. you know, what you've even seen. And so I love working with this group because even though I'm the instructor and I'm supposed to be like helping and teaching and guiding them, they inspire me so much. They oh, show yeah. me new techniques. They show uh-huh. me new ways of thinking about things. And just because it's such, you know, a, a, a non-traditional population, they have so many life experiences mm-hmm. that inform their work. Mm-hmm. And then when I see it, I find it to be very inspirational and it changes the way I think about my work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an awesome place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that got me thinking because I make art and I do a lot of prints, but I actually don't consider myself a very good artist and I'm totally fine with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like, I guess I'm growing. Okay. Do you find it is hard to teach people illustration or art or painting or um, because I think, you know, sometimes people do have a natural gift. And then for some people, I think it is like harder to like get into that. No, what my philosophy on teaching illustration is that anyone can learn how to draw. Mm -hmm. You just have to practice. Right. Like uh, 
sometimes I get students who say, oh my God, you're so good. I want to draw like you and I have to tell them, no, I've literally been doing this for 30 years of my right. life. I am 35. Yeah. I've been doing this for 30 years yeah. of my life. No, right? totally. Um, but my other thing, the way I approach my classes too, is to see the personal improvement. Mm. That's what's most important to me. Yeah. And for me, that's what... Um, levels the playing field between people who have like a natural ability right. and who, who have done it before and people who have never picked up a pencil yeah. in their life. And I know it's so intimidating. I remember when I was in college in those first illustration classes um, and I just know the people who have, haven't done it. It's like, it's just so hard to They're be around so the people scared. who are yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah, But again, you just, yeah, you just have to get over yourself and like keep trying. Yeah. And I, that, that's the thing I, I say, like the first day of class, like I grade you based on your progress. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about how she's, you know, drawing. Don't worry about how he's drawing. Don't worry about how they are drawing. Like worry about, worry about yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally, <laughs> worry about totally. You. And then the other thing I encourage is people developing their own style. Yeah, and that's kind of what's great about fashion illustration is you natural like naturally will develop your own yeah. style, and that's yeah. like so cool. Like everyone has their own style. Yeah, my rule is that as long as the proportions are correct, right? you're gonna be fine. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I ask for. Just have good proportions. Yeah, everything else is like decoration. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, that's so cool. And how is your own like art practice oh, grown? Gosh. <laughs> I know, very just, just, uh, just. <laughs> this is a thing I'm still figuring out. Mm -hmm. um, I had this realiz realization really, like, really recently because I've been frustrated myself because I feel like I should have more art under my belt than I actually do, mm -hmm. right? For all the, all the stuff I teach and for the different people I've been in contact with. And what I realized is that in these first years of being an illustrator, I haven't necessarily been working with the market that's looking for illustrators, mm. art directors, creative mm -hmm. directors, mm -hmm. people like that. I am usually, I've been approached a lot by people who kind of think it's a cool thing and kind of want to see how they can use it. Mm. You know, so then I spend the time I should be using to make my art, trying to convince somebody mm -hmm. of that they need what I do, mm -hmm. you know? So instead of sketching ideas, I'm having like conference calls and phone conversations yeah, which, and all of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I spent, I, I've just spent a lot of time over the last few years and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're the wrong people to do commissions for, but you know, every business serves a particular market mm -hmm. and I've just been misdirected, misdirecting right. my marketing. Right. I haven't been putting myself in front of the people who actively work with illustrators around the year. Right. You know, I've been putting myself in front of people who maybe need an illustrator every two years. I see. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like with anything, there's like probably that learning curve. Um, and I do imagine that it's interesting. You're an illustrator, but you probably have to do a lot of administrative yeah. and going after. And I clients. hate that. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. just all these, all those things and figuring out what they want. And yeah. Yeah. So this, this, um, the summer has been interesting because I've been kind of like redeveloping that part of my my practice, right? Mm -hmm. Art first, mm -hmm. doing yeah. my best to feel, doing my best to make the art first. It doesn't right. happen every day, um, and then also getting involved in a bunch of different online creative communities, oh, which has been great. really cool. Yeah, so I've been taking all of these. I, I teach so much that I'm 
giving so much output and I realized I haven't been replenishing. Totally. So I took, and I've been taking all of these online classes that are aimed at professional illustrators to help, you know, get them to experiment with new styles, new methods, or try to develop work for new markets. And that's great that you're just continually learning because I think that like, I, I think that people think they start something and then they're like there, but I think you're like continually honing no, your skills. Al- you're always learning. You're always learning. Like it, the, the saying I've heard goes, if you're not learning, you're dying. Yeah, right. If no, you're not totally. growing, you're dying. So, and then I, I needed those things to kind of redirect my efforts. Mm-hmm. Right. And also again, I, until this point, I didn't know many people who, drew professionally right, right? right so you know this past year i've still been learning about new markets i could approach yeah you know and and thinking about new ways i could create and use my art for stuff mm-hmm. so to that end i've moved a bit away from strictly fashion illustration and mm-hmm. doing more like textile design or surface mm-hmm. pattern design mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know stuff to go on t- stuff to make things pretty right right yeah or like even <laughs> I, I know a lot of um Painters who do like a lot of packaging, yeah, commissioned to do these just really cool packaging, yeah, and it's their painting and illustration, yeah, yeah. So, my practice has been to the the classes have been good because I get briefs and assignments. Mm-hmm. So you know I carve out some time each week to do a brief or an assignment or whatever. Um, sharing it in these groups, getting mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah, that's so um, great to have yeah. like your peers. Yeah, there's a group that has like a weekly critique. I try mm-hmm. to submit every two weeks. Oh, cool. You know, so that's been like really, really like game changing mm-hmm. and encouraging for me. Oh, that's great. Um, and also, you know, I don't feel so isolated anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be, you can feel really isolated unless you have that community. And yeah. I think it's great to know that you can have that like physical community yeah. or it can be online. Yeah. Like if you are the people in your, if you live in an area where there aren't a lot of people doing what you're doing. Yeah. 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 So just so everyone knows, mm-hmm. right. So I don't want to keep these things to myself. I kind of do, but mm-hmm. that's not nice. Um, the communities I'm part of one is called the textile design lab, Oh, cool. which is very, very cool. There's a monthly membership fee, but this is the group that does the critiques. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do challenges every month. They do. They have so much programming. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost kind of crazy how much they charge you. Mm-hmm. So because I don't think it's enough, yeah. Because there's yeah. Because yeah, they they provide so much value. How cool. Um, I've been taking courses with uh, Lilla Rogers Make Art That Sells courses, Ooh. Um, which are kind of like they're really popular among like the um, illustrator community, like decorative oh, illustrators. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. And I'm gonna include these in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the last thing that I, I've done is uh, Victoria Johnson's um, courses, which are these quick little courses. Um, the one I'm doing right now is called Explore Florals. Like floral? Yeah. People don't realize that floral prints <laughs> make up half, yes. like 75% of the prints. It's so funny. Yeah. I have, oh my God. I I do a lot of print jobs and I literally think people show me their portfolio I'm just like add more florals more florals yeah <laughs> do different florals yeah and so she gives you a brief every week at a different wave of, of tacking florals ah, that sounds is, so good it's so cool and all of these all of these groups have like Facebook or online communities mm. and it's just you you post your work you ask questions you get feedback. Of course you want people to say, I love it and give like a million heart emojis. Or maybe yeah. that's just me. Yeah. But you can also be like, 
I have a question about this. What do you think about this color palette? How do I approach this, you know, potential client? Uh And it's just such a wealth of knowledge. And I love, I also love learning from these online communities. Because for example, Victoria Johnson, she's an illustrator and designer. She has 25 years of doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And she's offering her expertise on these things for like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, right? totally. Like how can you not take advantage of that? Yeah. And then she, you know, communicates with you in the community and all of these all of these communities are like that. So that's been really game changing for me this year is finding those things. That sounds so cool. Yeah. I actually really want to take those classes. You should. <laughs> you really should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's going to I know that um the Exploring Florals one opens in September. Okay. Again. Cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I really want to talk to you about, I know you have this really, really exciting big thing coming up that you illustrated a children's book. Man, my first children's book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not just any children's book, but. It's a children's book. It's called, um, a computer called Catherine. Mm-hmm. And it's a book that's based on the life of Catherine Johnson, the human computer at NASA, um, who was also, um, a character uh, portrayed in the movie Hidden Figures a couple years ago. So yeah, my first book is coming out in the spring of 2019. That's so yeah. so exciting. Yeah. And I I kind of loved hearing even about the, the story of how this came about. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> the magic of social media, right? Yes. So my husband and I went to go see Hidden Figures. Um, and I just fell so in love with that movie on just so many different levels. And I came home that night and I painted a scene from the movie because, you know, and I don't I don't do this very often. And that's like, like, yeah, you saw the I movie do, and you're like, I, I don't do fan paint. art. Like, that's not yeah. a thing I do, right? <laughs> but I did it. I did it this night because I, I just really love the movie and I love the, the cinematography of that mm-hmm. moment. So mm-hmm. I painted it. Next day, put it on Twitter um, and Instagram. And it just kind of took off mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't even... Like, I just shared it just to share it. Yeah. And all these people kind of just latched onto it. And yeah. it just kind of is this weird thing that just took off. The producer of the movie saw it. <gasps> Taraji P. Henson oh saw it. God. Like, all these people saw it. And I'm like, oh, I'm flipping <sighs> out, right? That's so great. So then I get, on Twitter, I get a message from an editor at Little Brown and Company in Ooh. New York. And she says, hey, yeah, we're actually doing, <laughs> <laughs> we just bought a manuscript. <gasps> about Katherine Johnson and we've been looking for an illustrator. Oh my God. Are you interested? <gasps> oh, that like, sounds so amazing. And terrifying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, and what's funny, Gabby, is that for years people have been like, you need to do a children's book. And for yeah. years I've been like, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? Because I I I put a ceiling on what I thought I could do. It also feels yeah. really hard and daunting. Yes. And it feels like a very different aesthetic. Yeah. 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 Um, that, yeah. I feel like I spend a lot of time looking at children's books just and they're all so different. Yeah. Um, but that that sounds like so amazing. Yeah. So I got on the phone with the editor and she was like, We've been looking for an illustrator for this and we love what you did. Are you interested? And again, I told her okay, I'm interested. I've never done this before. <laughs> and she literally said to me, she said, you can draw people, right? I was like, well, obviously she was yeah. like, can you draw people in an environment? And I said, yeah. She's like, you're going to be fine. Oh, that's you good. know, so, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that simple. I still had to submit some like samples, you mm-hmm. know, kind of a, a small audition for it or whatever. 
Um, but I submitted the samples and they were like, yeah, look, we're going to do this. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So that was like, oh my God. Yeah. Did you change your style at all to be more children-y? What ended up happening with this book is that that original illustration was closer to kind of like my fashion illustration style. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened with this book is that since it's nonfiction, since it's based on an actual person, since it involves science mm-hmm. and math and really, mm-hmm. you know, precise things, the artwork became a little bit more tightened up, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, but as we went through the edits of the book, the art ended up getting a little bit more tightened up just to mm-hmm. be kind of like clear and, mm-hmm. and, and um, crisp yeah, um, yeah. to serve that purpose. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's a, a slight change. Mm-hmm. Um, from my usual fashion illustration work, but it, it's also significantly changed because when I did my fashion illustrations, they're just these, you know, expressionless looking women mm-hmm. standing on a black blank background. Right? right, right. It's very much about the figure and it's there's not, it's not a, a whole clothes. scene. Yeah, it's not a scene. It doesn't have emotion or expression necessarily like that. So it was kind of like foundationally different in that manner. I had mm-hmm. to draw like an office and a, mm-hmm. in a in a in a school in a classroom mm-hmm. and yeah, you have to really compose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was cray cray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so exciting. And um, tell us how long it took you to work on it. A year and a half working on the art. Wow, which is pretty normal for children's books. I've learned that. Yeah. that sounds about right. And I imagine there's like. A back and forth. Absolutely. Which was actually my favorite part of this mm. project. So mm-hmm. this is where kind of like, you know, my past life comes back to help me. Right. right yeah. Right. Because in a newsroom, everything was very collaborative. Mm-hmm. You don't sign your name on anything unless mm-hmm. you're the host. Yeah. I was never the host. <laughs> um, but everything is really collaborative and you're bouncing ideas and, and stuff off each other. And that's what this book became. Mm-hmm. So even though I was the artist and, you know, they they wanted to, they trusted my vision and my approach to things. I still, you know, really collaborated with the art director. Mm-hmm. I really collab- collaborated with the editor. Um, and it ended up in some really amazing work, right? It's really cool. Yeah. And this is what made me fall in love with like, this is why I love working with people who are more experienced than me. Yeah. Will, yeah. You, will you have a good art director? Yeah. You're like, whoa. Change Now the I see it. Yeah. Like... My art director on this, her name is Fuji Seho. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. <laughs> her name is Seho Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> I said it that way because the emails it's like put you the see, last name yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> her name is um, Seho Fuji. Um, and she was just amazing at spotting things and saying let's pull out this idea and apply uh-huh. it in these different places uh-huh. and it just resulted in this rich layered artwork that That's i just got so, so excited cool. about um so i'm like it was just amazing you know yeah. so even though it, it took a year and a half um and a lot of it was a learning curve for me because this is my mm-hmm. first time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know a fun story about this book is that they originally wanted because of the hype over hidden figures mm-hmm. they wanted to push it out within like a year's time yeah which meant i would have had to do the artwork in like six months time wow. which i which i did i gave it a good college yeah. try yeah and we all kind of sat together and looked at it and was like we were like this is fine but it could be better that's that's yeah. great that they were like, let's take the time yeah, to like Yeah, let's take the time to it. really honor this story, yeah, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's fine with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. Like that's honestly, time is like 
so awesome and valuable. And yeah. lots of times you don't have it to like make the thing that you're working on better. Yeah. And so this is where like the thing about the creative process and taking your time on things comes in again too. Cause I actually got to really do it and understand what that was for this book. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't, I, I didn't really do that when I was in grad school, mm-hmm. but I got to do it for this book. I got to play around with ideas, play around with colors, play around with scenes, play mm-hmm. around, you know, what's the best, um, what's the best choices for what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just an invaluable experience. Yeah. Just like on all sides. Like this is this has been the best commission experience I've had so far. That's so cool. Yeah. And I feel like like as time goes on, like every few like every year you're gonna be like, now this is the best yeah. commission experience. <laughs> yeah, you hope just, for that. It's to just get gonna better. get like yeah. better and better. Yeah, but this really I mean this really set a bar for me. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. set a bar for me on like the way I need to work to be at my best, mm-hmm. um, the kinds of people I need to work and collaborate with, mm-hmm. you know, people who are really open yeah. and, and knowledgeable mm-hmm. and patient and excited about the thing yeah. too, yeah, you know, and, but also trust me as an right, artist. Right, right. That know? there's that sort of like, I'm not going to micromanage you. Yeah. Like, you know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like there were times in the edit process of this book, again, because this is my first time, I was kind of a little afraid to be like, I wanted it this way because I'm like, oh, is this the right Mm -hmm. decision? But Mm -hmm. I would say it to my art director and editor and they were like, we agree with you. That's great. You know? Yeah. We agree. Um, So yeah, it really set the standard in the way I would love to work as an illustrator like all the time. Yeah. With people who just understand the lay of the land and Mm -hmm. who are thrilled to be working on the thing and who Mm want to collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That sounds sounds like so exciting. Yeah. I'm incredibly excited for this book. I'm so excited for it to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so great. Um, I hate to wrap this up because this is like the best conversation ever, but um, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. I'm glad you had me. (laughs) Just hearing your amazing story. And I I truthfully can't wait to buy this book and I can't wait to see the work that you're going to continue to create. Yeah, I will give you a pre-order link. Okay, totally. I will will definitely uh, have that in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you, Gabby. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I hope you are inspired after hearing that story. For more extras on this and other episodes, check out www.superendura.com. We would love if you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you do your podcast listening, and please give us a rating and review. Be sure to check out our Instagram, where we are always posting new content about brands we love and our own brand. We also love hearing from you, so please feel free to email us at info at This episode was recorded and produced by Gabrielle Mandel. Theme music by Kevin Bendis. Kevin Bendis is also our audio engineer and sound mixer. We will see you back here next week where we sit down with another creative entrepreneur and listen to their journey and what they have learned.